Welcome to the Panic Button Podcast, brought to you by XXXChurch.com. Each episode, Craig Gross answers a question or two that has got you in a panic. No topics are off limits, and all questions are encouraged. Here is your host, Craig Gross. Hey, it's Craig. Welcome to the Panic Button Podcast. It's December. And I'm standing outside a shopping mall. I'm not about to go in, though. Just picking kids have to pee. So we stopped in at Whole Foods, and my Packers are out of the playoffs. It's a weird football season, but hey, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about your kids. And this is the time of year to do it as we look at buying them gifts that are electronics as we look at what do we need to navigate or understand about the online world. There's a lot and I'm excited if you're listening this week and this month on Triple X Church, we're going to be talking specifically to parents about things that maybe you don't know you need to be doing, things you maybe need to stop doing, things your kids are doing that you don't know about and just kind of how to navigate all those things. Lots uh, to come this month. And right around the corner, I'm even more excited about this resentment project that we have going on. Um, if you head over to x3christmas.com, that's our uh, kind of Christmas campaign. You'll hear more about this c- Christmas season. We've got a lot that we're launching just kind of around that topic of Resentment, which last night I got the chance to hear this guy Jordan Peterson speak at a lecture. It's pretty awesome. He spent his whole time devoted to this topic of resentment for a book that he's got coming out next year. But we've got a lot that uh, that we're going to be talking about next year about that. But you can get a little sneak peek at x3christmas.com. But hey, on this week, we're going to talk about the lasting effects of viewing pornography as a kid. So when you start, when your kids start seeing this early, what does that do long term? And I'm not smart enough to give you that answer other than, hey, the things you play with in high school will play with you as an adult. I do know that. But let's hear from somebody smarter than me, my friend Stephen Love. He's got a whiteboard video and you can watch the whole thing, but here's the audio from that and stay tuned. This month, more stuff coming your way regarding this topic of how we, uh, as parents, I got two teenagers, how we need to be navigating these conversations, starting these conversations and getting our maybe spouse or kids involved in these conversations with us. So enjoy this episode. My name is Stephen Luff. I am a marriage and family therapist in the state of California. um, And I run a center in Los Angeles called the Faith and Sex Center. You can look it up, this website, faithandsexcenter.com. So yeah, this is the third whiteboard session that we have done. We meaning Craig Gross and myself and Nolan Gross behind the camera. Um, We're just sort of brainstorming different ideas that are relevant to people and just uh, off the cuff but very relevant and very important. So this month's question is, how does viewing porn as a child impact future behavior and the brain? So I'm gonna ask Craig, Craig's off camera, well, what do you think is relevant in that question? Like who, who's the audience right now? Who do you think is watching this? 
Well, people are just cracking open a beer and they're watching you on the whiteboard. Just kidding, that's a zero calorie soda that Stephen had in this fridge that they just opened. Um, so the whole month of December, we're talking to parents. And so everything you can kind of think of on this topic. So I think, I think this is coming from a mom, probably, that's uh, wondering, hey, what is this stuff doing to my kid's brain? You know, his future sex life. Um, I, I don't know how to address it. I just, is he going to be okay? What we often forget, ironically, as human beings, is that we are in a very elegantly designed body with a lot of systems and a lot of parts. And um, sometimes these parts and systems can get uh, off track. Uh, and porn is certainly one way to get your systems off track. So I'm going to erase this and discuss the brain. Now you said to me, Craig, I've got both a, a youth, an adolescent in the room, and a parent. Is this correct? Yeah. So, uh, so as not to lose the adolescent, I would say this, and I'm a therapist and I'm trained to, um, I'm trained to feel it's very important that I let the, that the client guide whatever the topic is of discussion, let the client guide what he or she needs. But I will say this, and I have said it frequently to um, my clients, physiologically speaking, porn is not good. Uh, it affects our emotional lives, it affects how we go through the world, it affects how we feel about ourselves, it affects a lot of things. And I don't recommend it. So I can say that to any youth who may be watching or any parent who's now forcing their adolescent to watch this. Um, just stay away from it. There's plenty of wonderful things in life and porn's just not one of them. Sex is wonderful at the right time, in the right place, under the right conditions. Save your sex life and save parts of your brain, which I'll discuss here in a second, for um, when you're older and you can enjoy it for what it is. It's about connection. It's not about an object. Once sex becomes about objectifying something, that's when sex becomes um, a substance. It becomes a substance of abuse and it's not what we were intended, what sex was intended for. Sex was not intended to manage our anxiety. Sex was intended, well, to procreate, but it was um, designed for us to connect with another human being in a very intimate, meaningful way. Um, okay, so physiological. I'm going to draw a brain. Lord help me. That's my brain. This is a nose. So now you can tell where, what's what. This is an important part, and this is, this is maybe where I can both have the parent and the adolescent in the room at the same time. Our brain has three main kind of layers. It's a theory of sorts, but it's, it's more than a theory. There, there are many um, studies or, or ways of proving that this is largely true. We have a very primitive part of our brain, which you can call the lizard brain, right here. Lizard. This is the lizard or reptile part of the brain. This is the part of the brain that is like our brain stem, keeps our, our, our heart beating, our, our lungs breathing, uh, you know, very simple desires, not even desires, very simple things like um, 
hunger, thirst, I'm about to get burned, better run. This is like a lot of your fight or flight stuff is in there. In this region, if you will, we'll just call this the mammal brain, M-A-M-M-A-L, mammal part of our brain. And that's about connection. All mammals are, are members of packs, herds, groups, and connection is very important for survival means. We need to be emotionally connected to other people because that is what helps us stay connected to the family, which keeps us safe. And then up here we have the human part of the brain. This is reasoning, thought, um, planning, organizing. This is the prefrontal cortex area. Okay, now we are driven by a part of our brain called the reward, the reward center, the reward system. And it's, a, it's deep in the brain. It's part of the mammal. It's also kind of part of the lizard, but it's part of the mammalian brain. It's what drives us toward things like food, sex, um, safety, security. It's what gives us a sense that things are okay. And two big parts of this, as I mentioned, are um, staying alive, so food is part of that, and re reproducing, procreating, which is sex. So there's a part of our brain in here called the ventral tegmental area. And it's always sending out dopamine. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that drives our reward center the reward center of our brain. And we always have this going. It's always leaving, letting out what's called the basal secretion rate. A constant amount of dopamine is being released by the brain. So that when it sees something new or novel, something it needs to remember, remember we're talking about rewards, something it needs to remember, it then sends dopamine. Well, it's always sending dopamine, but it sends more dopamine to the nucleus accumbens don't worry, you don't have to remember all of this perfectly. That's the rewards, that's the pleasure center of the brain. When, when dopamine goes to the nucleus accumbens, it gives us a sense of pleasure. It gives us that, that feeling of, of that food was good, that sex was good, um, gambling. I like this process of winning, winning rewards, rewards, rewards. The brain is built for rewards. It also goes to something called the amygdala. Um, which actually the amygdala is um, down in here, but we'll, we'll just we'll just well we'll put it here. Amygdala means almond, by the way, almond shape, and there are two parts of the amygdala in both hemispheres. But sorry, that's the amygdala down there. I, I only have one more area that I'm going to discuss. Um, the amygdala integrates all of our emotional experiences with or all of our um, five senses with emotion. So if we're feeling something, something's good, it integrates that feeling of things being pleasurable or rewards with everything that is surrounding us, everything that we taste, we feel, we see, we hear, uh, wind, the touch, all of these sorts of things. This remembers the conditions that were around us at the time we got the thing we liked. Okay, here's the last point. Um, this is the VTA that releases dopamine. 
Also, dopamine is released to the um, frontal cortex. This is the reasoning part of our brain. This is the part of the brain. This is the stop. This is go. Stop, go. Sometimes we'll see a bag of chips and think, man, that would taste really freaking good. That's the reward that I want. Wait a minute. Stop. We need to modulate our behavior. We need to inhibit our behavior. And we need to say, okay, whenever I do these things, I tend to get fat, sick, irritable. It's not good for me. I'm shutting myself down and I'm not going to have the bag of chips. Well, we'll replace bag of chips with um, porn. I'll put porn in red just for dramatic effect. And I want to note quickly, our brains are built up of neurons. All of these parts of the brain, all these cortices, the frontal cortex, the nucleus that comes, all neurons, which are cells uh, that, that operate on electrical impulse to communicate with each other. And they communicate with each other through dopamine. I mean, not just dopamine, but in this case, we're talking about dopamine. Dopamine is how the neurons communicate with each other. Hopefully you're tracking how this is all relevant to porn. So the question again is, how does viewing porn as a child um, impact future behavior in the brain? So the brain doesn't stop develop. There are two main times in a human being's development in life where neurons, which I just talked about, are pruned. You either use it or lose it. So up until the age of five, there is a major, major pruning of neurons, which is why the first five years of life are so crucial. Why engaging with your child when your child is little, um, helping the child learn how to modulate behavior, moderate behavior, all of these things is important during the first five years of life because it's in those first five years where you really get hardwired. And there's stuff we could talk about later on in regards to porn, because often people blame themselves so much for their porn use. I'm such a terrible person. I'm such a, when it's very possible, and maybe we could do another series on this, Craig, it's possible that during those first five years of life, you were neglected. And when you get neglected during the first five years of life, it's a very scary place for an infant to be. And the infant often turns inward. Well, actually a neglected, infant doesn't often, a neglected child does turn inward to soothe themselves, him or herself, when there is um, uncertainty, anxiety, I, I can't make sense out of the world, I don't know what's about to befall me, I don't know how, whether I'm going to eat, whether or not there's going to be shelter, whether or not people are going to be yelling at me. Well, you turn inward during the first five years of life. Once you make it to the age of 12 and you hit puberty, you're just designed, your brain has been hardwired largely, turning inward. Porn is just, you found like the holy grail. This is the thing that I've been waiting for. This is the thing that makes, I can do it alone. I don't need to rely on anyone. It, it soothes me, it calms me, it makes me feel like I'm connected. Of course, it's an illusion. So people often blame themselves so much, and it breaks my heart, and hopefully you can hear this, if you know you've been abused as a child, that those first five years of life, well, beyond that certainly, but certainly the first five years of life, if you've been abused or neglected, you know, the neurons in your brain, you just have a, a, a larger hill to climb than other people in learning how to regulate your emotions. You can do it, you can do it. The brain is plastic, as I've talked about before. The brain is made up of neurons, which are 
organic and they can grow in new and different ways. And as we get older, the brain can change, not as readily as it can during the first five years of life. And then as I'm about to note during adolescence, but it can change. So hang in there. Um, and I mentioned in, in last month's, um, last month's whiteboard session, EMDR, look that last month's session up and, and consider looking into EMDR because those who experienced abuse young, at a young point in age and have really relied on porn, um, EMDR can help them kind of separate what is sex, using sex to, to manage emotions and the actual emotions and memories that are associated with the emotions, break those things apart so that you know what you're aiming at. So look into EMDR. Now, back, we got parents and adolescents watching this. The second major time in which neurons are pruned in the brain, if you don't use it, you lose it, is during adolescence. So this is where usually people under the age, you know, people before puberty aren't looking at porn. That isn't always the case, but usually 11, 12, 13 is where most people start getting into porn. So we're talking about what are the effects later in life if, the, if a major pruning happens during um, adolescence, how you treat your reward system, how you treat this whole thing and how you learn how to manage your emotions is really important. It's a part of health. A balanced diet, exercise, friendships, social. I mean, these are all the parts that are important to adolescence. And I would say another port, important part of adolescence is stay the hell away from alcohol, stay the hell away from substances of abuse, THC, marijuana, certainly heroin, meth. Um, sometimes stimulants are prescribed for um, individuals with um, ADHD or, you know, they're, they're prescription meds that are, that are prescribed by psychiatrists. And that's separate from this. But Substances that aren't prescribed by directly to a person for a condition um, by a psychiatrist. Keep your, you know, adolescence, if you're watching this, just stay the hell away from it, man. You got your whole freaking life ahead of you. Go to college. Make it to some, I don't know, maybe you don't want to go to college. Maybe you want to go build a boat. Maybe you want to learn how to fly a plane. Just during adolescence, let this part develop as it is supposed to develop in healthy ways, doing healthy things. And your life is gonna get a hell of a lot easier, let me tell you, because you really don't wanna be the dude that I see 30, 35, or, and I'm not, not to make anyone feel bad about themselves, but that person who's in midlife or, or sort of you know 30s, who's been using porn since the age of 12 and is like, I don't know which way is up. Stay away from this stuff, um, I, you know, I don't know how else to say it. Just stay away from it because this is just biology. I can't change the fact that your neurons are pruned during this time and that it's important that you, you maintain a healthy life uh, up until 18. Um, maintaining a healthy life at all times is important, but the brain doesn't stop developing, especially this part. This part develops first, first five years, right? And then this, I mean, it all, you have pieces and parts, but this gets hardwired this starts to you know, get firmer and firmer throughout um, childhood, adolescence. This really doesn't. Your reasoning part of your brain, this is why teenagers often make really dumb decisions because their stop, their breaks aren't developed yet. The prefrontal cortex, the frontal cortex, this whole cerebral bark up here, the human part of the brain, it hasn't developed yet, right? So parents, Yes, have open conversations about porn. Don't shame them about porn. Just say, this really isn't a choice that's gonna make you um, 
develop into a healthier person. Um, but have some patience with their dumb decisions because this part's just not there yet. Some kids, really not until their early 20s does this, does this get hardwired. But um, and the danger is if they're in, in while it's developing. In what? In, in heavy porn use while this is all developing. You're just, you're just making a, a bigger mountain to climb, a bigger hill to climb. It doesn't mean that you can't climb it. It just means it's going to be harder for you to parse out what is what emotion, not cognitively parse it out, but for your brain to become reintegrated, for the neurons to grow in uh, more adaptive ways that allow you to live a life that is not bound and chained to addictive behavior. Okay, you're not talking, just so if you're talking to a kid, you're not talking out of the Bible, you're not talking out of being a dad, you're, you're just, if you just go straight geek here on this science of it, you have enough to back this up. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like not, because I'm saying, you know, you haven't jumped in, like I'm saying, as a dad, as a, like there's plenty of other things, but just the pure science of this. Pure science. And I'll, I'll add this too. And this just isn't me being biased. I'm a runner. I'm an athlete. I have been since I was little, 14, well, before 14. Exercise is one of the, it is the most proven scientifically ways of maintaining healthy brain function. So you said this straight geek. You know, you're not being a geek by saying, don't eat crappy food and don't use porn, etc. And you should go out for the sport and exercise. I'm sorry that that we were designed. You 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 don't use it, you lose it. Basically, if you don't exercise and you don't you don't co do cognitive things, you don't read. Well, you may not be a reader. That's fine. But listen, talk, draw, whatever it may be that is engaging the world, often in a non-digital way, is helpful. Yeah, I got to take a break from the computer. If you're not doing these things, then you just atrophy. And that's not my fault, right? That's biology's fault. You can take that up with God, I guess. But, you know, there's, there's no way around the, And I, I do get a little activated about this because I feel like our generation or previous generations have done our children's generation a disservice in um, not holding them, not providing spaces or opportunities for them to be challenged. There's, there's something called optimal frustration. Have you heard of that term? It means that we learn if something is just hard enough to try to get it with some work, but not so hard that we get frustrated. Reward center, right? This porn's super easy, but it doesn't build any strength. Um, it doesn't build any resolve. It doesn't build any character. It doesn't build any, oh, I got to work for it. If I, want, if I want a relationship with a woman, if I want a marriage, right, it doesn't land on my lap like porn does. It's not freaking pancakes and syrup. Sorry, that jacks up the sound while I do that. It's not, you know, it's not tasting sweet. And I have this, there's a moment, hopefully we're going to keep this part. There's a moment in a group that I was leading where some of the guys said out loud, I hate the game with dating. And I thought, you know, the game being maybe going on a website, like a, a dating site, and communicating with a woman. Chase. The chase, right. So you want it like this? 
you want just here's your plate of carbohydrates with sugar on top and eat that for your quick high no you know a meaningful relationship requires some give and take it's like i just want to watch the very end of the movie to find out how it ends i don't really want to go along with the journey of how things go the give and take and what could it be and what is she saying you know that's the joy of relationships are who are you? I want to know who you are. Porn's the opposite. That's stick a penis in a vagina and ejaculate. What, you know, what, how is that rewarding? That's not rewarding. But to me, this ties in with exercise and reading and writing and, and making a video or make, creating something, building something, drawing something. I feel that our generation has, has maybe failed the next generation is that we, there's just not a lot, there's so much helicopter parenting. It doesn't give kids space to make mistakes and to um, learn. And I do feel that sometimes kids turn to porn because if their parents are too restrictive and don't allow their child to make mistakes, maybe that's with porn. I still think you hold the line with that. I mean, you need to kind of guide, but you know, life is not about don't do porn and you're good. No, life is about don't do porn, but let's go fly that kite or let's go build that plane that you're interested in or let's go build that processor that you were thinking about that you wanted to build or how can I go to the library with you and we can buy a book on code and maybe you can show me how to write basic because I don't know anything about computers, but you seem to like computers. That is engagement and involvement that is different from porn and it requires navigation of relationships, navigation of information, frustration enough to challenge yourself but not so much to make yourself want to quit. And I would say, to me, that's a good model for parenting. In, the, in, in relevant stages of development with the child, to provide just enough each day or week challenge that is a little frustrating, but not so frustrating that the child can't accomplish it and know when to step in and when not to step in. And with adolescence in this, when to step in is we don't use porn. Not on the computers at home. Um, and, you know, I don't know what you're going to do out in the world. I'm just telling you, I don't use it. Parents, that means you too. I don't use it. And um, we're not doing that in this house. And we're not going to, you know, drugs, alcohol, because it, it does affect the brain. Um, but I'm going to help you create a space to make some mistakes. I don't know, we'll clean out the garage and maybe you can nail some boards together, I don't, whatever it may be. And then you may hit your, your, your thumb with the, with the, with the hammer, um, but the thumbs heal and we move on. And life, you know, you can still tolerate life even though you've hurt your thumb. I think this is a fairly clean drawing. That is still a nose and that's an eye. Um, and we'll do this. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Panic Button Podcast. If you want Craig to answer your question on an upcoming episode, please email panicbutton at xxxchurch.com. Or if you're using the Anchor app, please go to your user profile, tap the message button, and hit record, and then hit save, and then send it.